This is Fantasy Football Frenzy. You want the latest info. How's your lineup looking? It's not good. Who's hurt? Who's injured? Is listed as questionable. Questionable. What does that mean? No one knows what that means. Matchup breakdowns. First game today is too close to call. Oh. You need an edge to pound your opposition. Like, if I start him and then he doesn't play, I literally have nothing in the bank. got no backup. Fantasy expert Jeff Meller has it for you. I mean, they know if they're playing. They know. They should tell us. How many leagues are you in? I'm in 12 leagues. Right here. Well, that is just pure fantasy football. On ESPN 1000. Good Sunday morning to you in the fair city of Chicago. I am Jeff Miller on ESPN 1000. Inside the first Midwest Bank Studios. 312-332-3776 if you'd like to participate in the show for the next hour as I help you navigate your fantasy football lineup. That's what we do here every Sunday morning starting at 8 a.m. You call in, you give me your dilemma, and I talk you through it like a therapist. I give you hopefully the right answer, but at the end of the day, no matter what happens, we all feel good about the conversation, right? That's what we do here on ESPN 1000. Again, every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. And then after this show ends, Steve Mongo McMichael and Fred Hubner will have all the Bears pregame coverage you need starting at 9 o'clock. Cardinals, Saints. Late clock at 2. Saints go for it. Kamara down the sideline. What a throw. Another touchdown. It'll be second and goal at the two. And again, David Johnson looking for room. And he gets to the goal line. Touchdown. Ball crosses the plane. And David Johnson has a touchdown for the Cardinals. A couple of highlights courtesy of Fox there as we have lots of big fantasy injury implications in that New Orleans Saints-Cardinals game which is a noon game at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Drew Brees, as you heard, with a touchdown pass to Elvin Kamara. Well, one of those players is going to play, and perhaps not the guy you thought would be more likely to a couple weeks ago. Drew Brees is expected to start for the Saints today. He is dealing with that gameskeeper thumb injury that he suffered a few weeks back. Now, have not seen news yet as to whether or not he will be playing with a splint. But I think the big question is how much strength on his grip will Drew Brees have as he goes out there? You'd have to expect that he's not going to be compromised too much if Sean Payton is willing to use him ahead of Teddy Bridgewater when you consider the fact that Bridgewater has played as well as he has for the Saints. We saw it firsthand here last week in Chicago. And you also factor in the fact that the Saints have the bye week next week. So if you are a Drew Brees owner and you don't have somebody who you consider close to his level, I would say if Sean Payton feels okay to start Drew Brees, I'm probably okay using him in fantasy. Now, I will say if you have somebody who is generally close to Drew Brees that you are looking at, I can understand playing it a little bit cautious falling on the side of safety and waiting a couple of weeks before you you know seeing Drew Brees and what he does this week against the Cardinals even though that is a bit of a tasty matchup I could understand waiting a week seeing what Drew Brees has out there with the thumb injury and then uh, obviously giving 
him the bye and feeling okay about plugging him back into your lineup in week 10 if that's the case. Elvin Kamara, however, has been ruled out for the Saints, which means all you Latavius Murray owners out there, get him into your lineup because he, for me, is pretty much a, a must-play, a top 10 play for me in fantasy football amongst running backs against the Cardinals this week without Kamara with uh, the lion's share of the workload headed his way. We saw, again, here firsthand last week as the Saints took apart the Bears. Murray was a workhorse for them, and without Kamara in the fold, Latavius Murray, a top 10 play for me. On the other side of the ball for the Cardinals, David Johnson has been officially ruled out for the Cardinals, which I think for fantasy owners after last week's debacle is somewhat refreshing David Johnson was, of course, active last week. And as we saw, Chase Edmonds took the ball and literally ran with it and ran all over the place and really crushing blow for fantasy owners out there because I think a lot of David Johnson owners do, in fact, have Chase Edmonds, but they probably did not start him because David Johnson was active. Well, this week, no fears. You don't have to worry about dealing with that, I'm sure. Most people were thinking to themselves anyway they were going to start Edmonds based on what happened last week. They weren't going to concern themselves with David Johnson. But the reality is that there's some clarity here. And Dave, uh, Chase Edmonds is in my top 15, so he's probably a starter for most folks out there as well. Seahawks, Falcons. Ryan 10 for 15 in the game. Throwing it deep for Ridley. He's got it. Breaks the tackle. And it's going all the way. Touchdown. Matt Ryan officially ruled out as well, which means that Matt Schaub will be starting for the Atlanta Falcons. And you're obviously not starting Matt Schaub unless you're in the deepest of deep leagues, perhaps a 14-team, two-quarterback league. You know, there's there's not too many, uh, maybe a super flex league. There's not too many people who are going to be looking to start Matt Schaub. Although I will say in the super flex league, if you, if you all of a sudden have a starting quarterback available um, and you didn't have two quarterbacks it's obviously worth plugging him in but uh that's the that's deeper league so i'm talking to the minority of people out there what does this mean for the atlanta Falcons skill position players well not good things obviously i don't feel great about starting kelvin ridley this week who you heard in the highlight there julio jones for me it's just the way i roll in fantasy there's a there's a few elite players out there well, I'm not going to bench. I'm not going to concern myself with the fact that they have a tough matchup or things aren't going their way. Certain guys are too good. You have to understand that if Dan Quinn and the Falcons are going to win this game, Julio Jones is probably going to have to be a big factor for them. And he's the type of player who frequently can make your week with just one big play. So Julio Jones, for me, even though he takes a hit, there's not too many people out there who I can envision having two or even three wide receivers who are better plays than Julio Jones for me. So uh, even though it's Matt Ryan has been ruled out, Julio Jones um, still a must start for me. But Calvin Ridley, not as much. Devontae Freeman, of course, takes a bit of a hit as well because you have to imagine it's going to be more difficult for them to uh, garner the first downs without Matt Ryan under center. Chargers, Bears. Rips right, Eckler in the backfield. Rivers looking to the middle, throws. Keenan Allen, touchdown Chargers. Knock on wood. A seven-yard strike from Rivers to Keenan Allen. All right, so now we get to a highlight that affects the Bears as they host the Chargers today, hopefully getting on the back in the win ledger here. 
The Chargers have been an absolute mess. They are dealing with injuries all over their offensive line, all over the defensive line, and they just have not been anywhere near the team that really scared a lot of people as they were heading into the playoffs last year. Keenan Allen has been, he was added to the injury report on Thursday with a hamstring injury. And what I will say is never a good sign when a soft tissue injury crops up onto the injury report late in the week, which is exactly what happened for Keenan Allen. He is hoping to play per Ian Rappaport but is going to be a game-time decision. So, of course, you're going to want to keep it locked here on ESPN 1000. Listen to Steve Mongo McMichael and Fred Hubner give you the inactives as they roll in around 1045 or so and uh, check if Allen is going to be available. Again, he's, type, he's the type of player who, in the PPR format, even though things have not been great for him, he's somebody who, in a PPR scoring format, I just can't take out of my lineup generally. He's still a top-20 play for me, even though the Bears are a tough defense. But I will say I'm concerned that he uh, he may not be available because of the way this uh, hamstring injury cropped up in the late to midweek here. So uh, always a concern if uh, your player was added to the injury report and he's somebody who I would be concerned about if I am a Keenan Allen owner. Giants, Lions. All right there. Hold on. Sorry, I apologize. My highlights uh, just disconnected on me, so I'll try and get that. But uh, so the Giants game, that I, uh, the Giants-Lions game that I just uh, fired there, Carrion Johnson was the highlight that uh, was intended to play there. He has been placed on injured reserve. You obviously know that if you're a carry-on Johnson owner. Ty Johnson, though, is the replacement who steps in. And I'll be honest, the I talk about it all the time, how volume is something that a lot of times will be the determining factor for me when I'm making lineup decisions. And Ty Johnson steps into a situation where he's going to see a decent majority of the carries going forward. But how talented is Ty Johnson? I mean... He's okay. He's not overly explosive. I haven't seen a whole lot from him. And in the 10 carries that he had last week, I believe it was 29 yards that he totaled. That is not going to excite too many fantasy football owners out there. Ty Johnson probably, you know, like back into the 20s in terms of the running back ranks for me. Not somebody I'm overly excited about. So you have to... He's worth picking up and adding to your roster just because you never know when running backs are going to become available. But if... uh, if he's somebody that you, you're, 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 you're dying to plug into your lineup today, that's not something that I'm you know, super excited about going forward. So Ty Johnson is, is an okay guy. He's, he's worth rostering, but not necessarily somebody that I want to lock into my lineup uh, you know, today. I want to see what the Lions give me, and then I'll worry about it going forward. All right, uh, Eric Ostrowski jumping in there to uh, fix my highlight page, and we roll on. Bengals Rams. Shotgun snap to Dalton. Fakes a pass out to the left. Nice. Right the end zone. Nice. A leaping touchdown catch AJ. by A.J. Green as Andy Dalton put it up and let the six foot four inch receiver go up and get it for the touchdown. All right. A.J. Green, is he nearing closer to a return? Perhaps. It's, uh, you know, kind of a mess if you've owned him all year, although there are signs finally pointing to the fact that he could be returning in the not too distant future. So if you're an A.J. Green owner, you've waited this long, still worth keeping on your roster. I will say it's also probably worth uh, wandering around your league mates and whoever's the owner of A.J. Green in said league 
just kicking the tires and seeing what he would be willing to trade him away for because I do think if he does finally get onto the field, uh, it's looking like Week 10 is a, a possibility. They have the buy in Week 9. So A.J. Green's somebody who I might target if, I, if I'm if i out there looking at. I don't want to give up a whole lot for him, but he's a player who could be a difference maker. And if he gets out there healthy in a couple weeks, he's worth having on your roster. And he could be a bit of a game changer if you can acquire him at this late stage of the season and not have to give up a whole lot. So A.J. Green, just worth uh, keeping an eye on. Again, ruled out today, but with the Week 9 bye, there is uh, some. There have been some reports that there's that week ten could be a possibility for his return. So, something that is worth keeping an eye on. Packers, Chiefs. Snap to Rodgers under a blitz. Rodgers tight pocket steps up, throws a left. Got Devontae inside the ten. Head fake, cuts left to the five. Reaches pylon and touchdown. Oh, what a play by Devontae Adams on third and three. They send Hill in motion. Mahomes looks that way. Now will fire and hit his man at the forty. Oh, look out! Sammy Watkins takes it all the way. Explosion in Jacksonville. 68-yard touchdown. All right, so I could have easily led the show with the Patrick Mahomes injury news, but I assume that most people who are listening to this show are well aware. And, of course, this show is uh, Fantasy Football Frenzy. We're here with you every Sunday morning starting at 8 a.m. I am Jeff Meller. You can uh, hit me up on Twitter at Jeff underscore Meller, or you can give us a call at 312-332-3776 if you've got a question. But I'm, I assume if you're listening to the show, you're well aware that Patrick Mahomes was ruled out uh, for tonight's Sunday night game against the Packers. But uh, Ian Rappaport just a few minutes ago had mentioned on the NFL Network that uh, it looks like Patrick Mahomes, a Week 10 return is something that the Chiefs could be targeting. So... I mentioned that because obviously next week is week nine. And while a lot of Mahomes owners, I, I, I'm sure you made plans, alternatives with the dislocated kneecap that he had, probably realistically saying to yourself, he's not going to play one, you know, one week after suffering that injury. But maybe you were thinking to yourself, okay, with all the good news surrounding him, Maybe week nine is what I, sh- you know, I can I can just get by for one week, and week nine is what I'm looking at. Although, with the uh, again, Ian Rappaport just a few minutes ago mentioned that week ten looks like the uh, the spot for the Chiefs and what they're targeting with Patrick Mahomes returning, which means that uh, he will be out at least one more week if that report is accurate. So, just wanted to make uh, you the Patrick Mahomes owner aware that you may have an extra week to get by despite all the optimism that has been surrounding the injury over the last week or so. And then, of course, Devontae Adams listed as doubtful, so uh, no need to hold out on him. Look, the moment he comes back, you plug him into your lineup and you lock him in, but I don't think you can wait again with the uh, Sunday night game being the Packers and Chiefs. It's always difficult to hold out, and with him listed as doubtful. And then, of course, you've got a Dolphins-Steelers Monday night game that doesn't give you a whole lot of options in case you wanted to try and hold out and hope against hope that he was going to play. Uh, not trending in the right direction, at least for this week, for Devontae Adams. So you can go ahead and move on from him this week and maybe maybe be hopeful that uh, he is a possibility next week when uh, the Packers move past the Chiefs this week. All right, your turn to chime in. 312-332-3776. Fantasy Football Frenzy here on ESPN 1000. Mike in Mount 
prospect Mike you get us kicked off here on ESPN 1000 good morning hey good morning Jeff how are you I am doing excellent how are you I'm doing better than I deserve let me put it that way good to hear uh, Cortland, I got a full, full uh, PPR Cortland Sutton at Indianapolis and I've got Josh uh, Jacobs my normal flex uh, who's hurt but mm-hmm. supposedly going to play and he's playing at Houston yeah, you know, I'll tell you what, Mike, as long as Josh Jacobs is active, I'm going to go, like, and, and, and don't get me wrong, I like what Cortland, Cortland Sutton, the possibilities for him, and certainly in a PPR format, it makes it a little bit closer, but for me, if Josh Jacobs is active, he's pretty much a must-start. you got to find a way to get him into your lineup, because this is, you know, this is just a volume play. Jacobs is not, it's not only that he is the feature back for the Raiders, but he's involved in the passing game for them, he's their clear goal line player, and he, he look... He's a gamer. He's been listed on the injury report multiple times this year. And when he goes out and plays, he's very productive. So for me, I like Sutton, and I like the fact that you have him as an option going forward, especially with the trade of Emmanuel Sanders. It looks looks like he's going to be the biggest beneficiary of the Sanders trade. But I will say... Joe Flacco is still throwing him the ball, so how? So just how you know how high are those highs going to be? Uh, Josh Jacobs is a pretty easy call for me. I just think you bet on the volume there. As long as again, as you mentioned, Mike, he's expected to play with a shoulder injury, but you got to check and make sure around ten forty-five that he is an a- he is active to confirm that. Or uh, you know what? I say ten forty-five. I apologize. That is the three o'clock game, but it doesn't matter because obviously you have Sutton who's in the three twenty-five game, so you can obviously turn to him if need be. But uh, so obviously one thirty, one forty-five. Keep an eye out to make sure that Josh. Jacobs is active, but if he is, I would go ahead and use him, Mike. Thanks, Jeff. My pleasure. All right, Mike drops off, which leaves a line open for you out there. 312-332-3776. Let's try Ron, who's in Schaumburg. What's up, Ron? Good morning, Jeff, and thank you very much for taking my call this morning. I'm looking for a running back. I've got five of them. I need to start three. I've got Aaron Jones. I've got Austin Eckler, Dave Montgomery. LaShawn McCoy and Latavius Murray. I heard what you said about Latavius, so I'm pretty sure you're probably going to lock him in. Yeah, I'm, hey, thanks for listening, Ron, because I appreciate that. Yeah, he is, uh, he for me is pretty clearly the easiest one to play of the group that you laid out there. I'm going to go ahead and say Aaron Jones against the Chiefs, even though Jamal Williams is a factor in that backfield. You know, I, it all, you never know how closely people are paying attention. They're, sometimes you wonder if they're right. just you know checking box scores. They may think, oh, Aaron Jones, he's got the nine touchdowns. He's the clear featured yeah. back in Green Bay. But no, Jamal Williams is definitely a factor in that backfield. But what I will say is against the Chiefs, that's a soft run defense. You have to believe that Aaron Jones is in line for a decent day. And then, it, look, it's a tough matchup for Austin Eckler, but the Bears defense without Akeem Hicks has not been as stout against the run. I think Austin Eckler, the way the Chargers have been using him, at the very least, even if things don't go well for him in the running game, he's he's a large part of their passing offense. And I think Austin Eckler... Yeah, he catches a lot of passes. Yeah, and look, I know Matt Nagy, if you've uh, listened to ESPN 1000 all week, you know that Matt Nagy has been grilled by the media about his lack, his decision to not run the ball last week Mm. but what i will say is i don't think you can trust him despite the fact that he's promised to run the ball more i I, david montgomery he's worth keeping on the roster on but but you really can't put him into your starting line but fantasy right now until he shows you something and matt Nagy matt Nagy proves that he's really willing to you know commit to the running game yeah he's really not putting up much points no it's well you know what it's hard 
It's hard to score points, Ron, when you're only getting two carries, and one of those is a fumble. It's just you're not going to be a productive fantasy player, uh, I would say, 10 times out of 10 with only two carries. Let's go to let's go to Morse. Or hold on one second there. Wrong button. Let's go to Morse and say good morning to TJ. TJ, you're on Fantasy Football Frenzy. What's up? Morning, guys. Morning. Okay, I have a flex question, PPR. I had to take Kamara out, put in Austin Eckler. So now my flex question is going to be Melvin Gordon, Auden Tate, Vance McDonald, McCole Hardman, and that is it. All right. So, TJ, I like McCole Hardman's talent, but without Mahomes pulling the trigger tonight, he's an easy cross-up for me pretty um, out of the get-go there. I think, you know, and I understand you have Austin Eckler in the lineup, and I understand that it's the Bears, but of the options you gave me, I think your safest bet is to go ahead and plug Melvin Gordon in. I know he hasn't been great, but What about that Auden Tate? No. He was the one, Auden Tate was the one player of the guys you mentioned who made me pause, but the reality is, TJ, if it's my team... I'm starting Melvin Gordon. It's be, the reality is they're not close. Like Auden Tate, maybe maybe you're looking at five or six catches. Like a hit or miss. Yeah, like maybe you're like if Auden Tate scores a touchdown, then he makes your day. But it's the Bengals' offense, yeah. and you, uh, you um, they're just they're not somebody that you're really going to be. Uh, you know, you, you don't want to go out of your way to get a piece of the Bengals' offense. They're in London. Weird things always happen in London as they take on the Rams today. Uh, oh, I, would, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's, it's it's a noon game, so it's not an early morning game. But nevertheless, I like Auden Tate. I've, I've, I've liked what I've seen from him. But he's not somebody who's a must start by any means. Melvin Gordon, to me, this is he's still getting volume. And yes. at some point, again, we talk, I just mentioned it. The Bears defense without Akeem Hicks is just, it's been a mess against the run. They're, uh, the Raiders and the Saints did whatever they wanted mm-hmm. on the ground against the Bears. And I know I, I mentioned it earlier that the Chargers run game is a mess, but I, I would not be surprised if they at least attempt to commit to it. And Melvin yeah. Gordon is somebody who, look, I don't love what I've seen. There's no there's no way to sugarcoat what Melvin <laughs> Gordon's done. You know, when you're fumbling at the goal line, you know, to end the game, that's not good. But oh, yeah. I think Melvin Gordon is, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they go out there and, you know, they're going to, I think, there's a chance that Melvin Gordon is traded at the trade deadline, which is this Tuesday. Yeah. But I do think they're going to want to try and give him whatever carries they can, not only just to win the game, but also maybe boost his trade value and show people out there that he's still got it and he's still worth investing in if anybody comes to calling and offering a decent pick because uh, it's time for the Chargers to kind of try and figure out what they're doing in the backfield but he's still of, yeah. of the guys he gave me tj he's going to see the biggest volume so for me it, and it's not close it's one thing if we're talking 12 touches versus eight touches okay but i think melvin gordon is still in line for at least 15 touches and if things go well for the chargers very easily could be in the neighborhood of 18 to 20 if if uh they get out to an early lead all right the as i mentioned the nfl trade deadline is this tuesday Emmanuel Sanders, Mohamed Sanu, they've already been moved. How has their value been affected? And what players, aside from Melvin Gordon, who we just talked about, could see a huge increase if they're dealt? We'll talk about that next right here on ESPN 1000. This is Fantasy Football Frenzy 
Blitz on the way. Simeon close one of the end zone. Sanders with the catch. Touchdown, Denver. Sanders gets up, takes a bow, and then fires a Nolan Ryan fastball right into the back of the end zone. Matt going to take a lob shot. Sanu! Did he catch it? Touchdown, Atlanta! On the right side for Muhammad Sanu. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Frenzy. I am Jeff Meller here on ESPN 1000. We help you figure out your your fantasy football lineup every Sunday morning starting at 8 a.m. A couple of uh, wide receivers traded this week. Heard there, Emmanuel Sanders. And moving from the Broncos to the San Francisco 49ers. And Mohamed Sanu headed to the New England Patriots. Now... I think this is fairly obvious, but maybe it is not to everybody out there because Mohamed Sanu was actually uh, traded for a higher pick than Emmanuel Sanders. So maybe the fact that Sanu is headed to the Patriots, you have that. Uh, A lot of people may be thinking to themselves, hmm, maybe Sanu is the better uh, wide receiver going forward. No way for me. Now, generally, I think Emmanuel, in 12-plus leagues, Emmanuel Sanders is owned likely i mean if he was out there on your waiver wire in those deep leagues then i don't know what's going on there but he should he should have been picked up the moment uh, he was dropped but in your shallow leagues your more shallow leagues 10 teamers emmanuel sanders muhammad snoo probably both readily available and maybe you decided to go ahead and snap up muhammad snoo because you like the patriot situation well uh, look emmanuel sanders and don't don't misconvey what I'm going to say here. I, this does not mean that I think Emmanuel Sanders needs to be started today because whenever you head out to a new team as a wide receiver, it takes uh, a little bit of time to ingratiate yourself in the playbook. And I think Emmanuel Sanders, while I like the direction the arrow is pointed for him for the remainder of the season, I will say the next couple of weeks, I'm a little skittish about starting him. But of the two, if I had to choose Emmanuel Sanders or Mohamed Sanu going forward, Emmanuel Sanders... And there is absolutely no hesitation. Nine, uh, ten times out of ten, I'm taking Sanders over Sanu because I think he is a dynamic player and he heads to a an offense that has no other options. Sanu, is, Sanu can play the slot, but that is where Julian Edelman features and does quite well. So I think while I do think Sanu will be a productive player... He is not somebody who I necessarily think is going to be a difference maker in most fantasy football leagues. In your deeper leagues, where he was probably generally owned anyway, uh, he, he, he might be worth a play, especially in the PPR formats. Sanu, again, this is, I'm talking like 14 teams or deeper, though, where he, he actually becomes you know, an interesting play for me going forward. Outside of that, though, I, uh, I'm not, I just don't think the volume is going to be there for Sanu, where he's going to be, you know, somebody who you feel great about starting week in and week out outside of maybe your uh, third wide receiver or flex position. But Emmanuel Sanders is somebody who I could easily see sneaking into that second that wide receiver two spot for most teams out there once he uh, gets himself all caught up in the playbook. I mentioned some other names that I think are worth keeping an eye on as the trade deadline comes on Tuesday. Melvin Gordon, as I mentioned, look, he's owned, so I don't think there's a whole lot to talk about with him, but he's somebody who could see a huge boon if he goes to the right team, if he's traded. But again, the Chargers may just sit on him, so it's there's not really much movement you can make off of him. But I think a couple of players who are worth keeping an eye on, and maybe because it's Sunday morning here, and they may be available 
on your waiver wire. If you can find a roster spot for Rashad Penny or Robbie Anderson, I think both are probably worth picking up and putting onto your roster in case they do get traded to good situations. They've both been rumored as possible players who are moved. And Rashad Penny in particular, because the running back, it's just it's just so bereft of talent in fantasy. Finding a good running back is hard to do. That This is kind of a, a uh, bit of a plan, like a spin of the roulette wheel, if you will. But I think it's worth a shot if you have a roster spot to go ahead and pick up Rashad Penny. Put him on your roster just in case on Tuesday he does get dealt. You're ahead of uh, your league mates in terms of what they want to do on the waiver wire. He'll already be on your roster. So if you can go ahead and make free agent pickups on Sunday morning, I would say Rashad Penny, if you have the roster spot, is somebody worth gambling on that he gets traded just in case. All right. Back on out to the phone lines. Let's try uh, Dan, who is in Mount Prospect. Good morning, Dan. Hey, morning, man. All right, so real quick, with the injury and the matchups for these two guys, um, kind of debating Josh Jacobs and Ty Johnson. Yeah. I know the Giants got a rough uh, rough run defense and with the injury, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, like, look, if Josh Jacobs is active, it's not even close for me. Again, Ty Johnson, okay, he's going to, in all likelihood, see the volume for the Lions. But what I saw from him wasn't anything that made me say I need to lock him into the lineup. Josh Jacobs has been, in a lot of ways, a special running back for the Raiders this year. And Definitely. as you know, as long as he is active, and again, all signs point to him being available today. We'll find out when the inactives roll in around 1045. But as long as he's active, it's not even close for me. I would use Josh Jacobs, Dan. Yeah, I think I'm overthinking it. All right, yeah. thanks, man. All right, good luck. Let's try uh, TJ, who is in Joliet with a tight end dilemma. Hey, TJ, what's up? Hey, Jeff, how you doing? Good, man. Uh, got Hawkinson against the Giants and Gerald Everett going today. And I also had a flex one, too, for you. All right, uh, I would use, uh, I'll get it quickly. I'll, I would use Gerald Everett over Hawkinson. And what's your flex question, TJ? Uh, I got Deontay Johnson from Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. Jacoby Myers, or Geronimo Allison. Yeah, and, and this is a PPR scoring, right, Teej? Yeah, I'm in a 14 team league. Yeah, no, that, and, and look, I, yeah, that, but that's what happens. I, I like uh, I like uh, being challenged every now and then. In that case, <laughs> I'm going to say I would I would use Allison. I just think like Myers. I mean, I know there's been a lot of talk that he can step into a bigger role, especially now that uh, Josh Gordon is on his way out of New England. But yeah. I want to see that before I go ahead and start him. At least Allison, you know, is uh, involved in the passing game for the Packers. Whereas the other options, yeah, I'm not, I'm just I'm, about I'm not the sure yet. With him. Yeah, no. And it, look, it's a fair question. With uh, with that being a uh, a Sunday night game, I can't give you any clarity. So, uh, gotcha. Who was uh, the other option other than Myers? Uh, Deontay Johnson, Johnson yeah. from Pittsburgh. You know what? That, then that gives you the perfect out, is that if uh, if Allison doesn't go, you can lean on Johnson on Monday night. That's true. All right. All right. I appreciate it, man. No Thank you. problem. So that's, you know what? And that's sometimes just a way to talk people through it. it look, you got to look at what the Monday night game is if you're waiting on someone who's playing in Sunday night, because maybe you have an option that you can turn to if you like... Uh, you know who you're possibly going with in that situation, but uh, it's it's good to be aware of the schedule and what you can turn to uh, in the late games, just in case your guy is uh, an inactive and you wanted to use him, but you can't. Let's go on out to uh, Toledo, Ohio, and say hello to Joe. Hey, Joe. Hey, Miller. 
I love listening to you. You're better than Abdallah. Just want to throw that out there. Uh, I have Half Point PPR League. I have uh, Jones Jr., Kevin Galladay, and then I have Gabriel in there, but I sort of threw him out. So, really, Galladay versus Jones Jr. Uh, all right. Uh, you know, this is, I'm going to put you on a hold, Joe, getting a little bit of feedback, but I appreciate the comments. Um, Marvin Jones versus Kenny Galladay for me. This is really interesting, especially in PPR scoring. So Marvin Jones in PPR scoring right now has 96 points to Kenny Galladay's 85, which is, that's a fairly significant lead. However, Marvin Jones Jr., this is buoyed primarily by his 43-point game in PPR scoring that he had last week when he scores four touchdowns. So, and it's on the same team. You're talking about the same quarterback thrown to each guy. For me, Kenny Galladay is a clear number one receiver for the Lions. He Now, Marvin Jones is talented, and he's got the big game potential. But in PPR scoring, Kenny Galladay has outscored Marvin Jones Jr. four times to two. So he's got a four to two lead over the six games that they've played this year, even though Jones has outscored Galladay by 11 points. For me, it's... Most weeks, Galladay is going to be the leading scorer when he, he just sees more targets than Marvin Jones Jr. does. Now, Jones Jr. obviously had the big touchdown game, and so it feels like, okay, how could you not start him? But if it's Galladay versus Marvin Jones, for me, it's not even a question. I'm using Kenny Galladay, who just sees more target share than Marvin Jones in the Lions offense. Let's try uh, Frank, who's in Fox Lake. We were just talking about Mohamed Sanu, and Frank has a Mohamed Sanu-related question. What's up, Frank? Morning, Jeff. I do. I got uh, Sanu of the Patriots at the Browns, at the Cleveland Browns, and I've got uh, DK Metcalf of the Seahawks at the Falcons. Yeah, I need one. Sure. Uh, and you know what? For me, this one's pretty easy too. I'm going to go ahead and use DK Metcalf. The Seahawks have an atrocious. Atlanta Falcons secondary in front of him today. You know Russell Wilson is licking his chops. Sanu going forward, this might be a conversation for you, Frank, but uh, I think uh, the Seahawks are in line. The potential for a big passing day for Russell Wilson is right there in front of him. And with Sanu, you know, we just don't know how much he's going to be used with the new playbook. I'm sure Belichick will use him a little bit, but expecting him to be out there more than 20 routes, I think is a bit ambitious. And so I'm going to, uh, as I do generally go with the guy who I think is going to see larger volume. And that's DK Metcalf in this situation, Frank. All right. One wide receiver who you may own for me has moved into must start territory. And you may not even be aware of it. I'll tell you who that is next right here on ESPN 1000. teams are not playing this week. Week 8, the Dallas Cowboys, the Baltimore Ravens. If you've left any players from those teams in your lineup for the previous week, get them out of your starting lineup now. The following has been a public service announcement from Fantasy Football Frenzy, exclusively on ESPN 1000. Back here on ESPN 1000, I'm Jeff Meller. Again, you can follow me at Jeff underscore Meller. That's M-E-L-L-E-R. If we don't get through your questions here, when we wrap up at 9 o'clock, I will try and do my best to answer them on Twitter. Again, the caveat, just make sure you uh, submit them to me by 11 a.m. Central so that I have a little bit of time 
So you'll look over the questions and answer them. Anything after that, no guarantees that I can answer your question before noon. All right. And oh, don't forget, before uh, after we wrap up here at 9 o'clock, don't go anywhere because Steve Mongo McMichael, Fred Hubner, live out at Mike and Denise's in Yorkville. So if you're in the Yorkville area and you need your fill of Bears and Chargers or you just want to say hello to Fred and Mongo, do so. Again, Mike and Denise is out in Yorkville coming up next at 9 o'clock. And uh, if you're in the area, say hello to the gents. All right. I mentioned as we were heading to break, one wide receiver who may be on your roster, you're not even aware of it, but he's moved into must start for me. He is one of two wide receivers who has eclipsed 50 yards in every game that he's played this season. He's one of only two. Now, the first one is Michael Thomas, and that's pretty obvious. He already was a must start. The second one, though, is none other than Buffalo Bills wide receiver John Brown. And for a lot of John Brown owners out there, you may have drafted him later in your drafts, and he was kind of an afterthought, maybe your fifth or sixth wide receiver. But I'm telling you, the Bills today against the Eagles with a secondary that is a sieve, that is a just another reason why John Brown is a must-start for you. He is uh, really seems to be the focal point of the Bills passing game. All right, let's try and get through as many callers as we can before we wrap up here on ESPN 1000. I'll go on out to, uh, let's try, let's see, let's try Dave, who's in Streamwood. Hey, Dave, what's up? Hey, what's up, Jeff? Nice transition from uh, John Brown into my question. So I have uh, I have Drew Brees, and, you know, I drafted him at the beginning of the year, so obviously I'm itchy to use him. So do I go with him today versus the uh, Cardinals, um, or do I go with Josh Allen versus, like you said, that horrible Eagles secondary? Yeah, Dave, I'll be honest. This is a situation where I, I said to some folks out there earlier in the show that Drew Brees, uh-huh. I, you know, I, I can feel – I can probably get on board using him depending on your other options. But in this case, for you, Josh Allen, I think it's a safer play. The running ability Josh Allen gives you in fantasy, it's always, uh, you know, it gives you a nice, safe floor generally. And with with a secondary that has just been beaten to a pulp all season long, I'm going to use Josh Allen. I'm going to side on the. I'm going to err on the side of caution in this situation. Me too. Just in case Drew Brees goes out there and the thumb isn't you know he doesn't have mm-hmm. the strength with the grip i would use josh allen just to be a little bit safer here and i don't think you'll I, I don't think you'll regret it like look a guy can always go crazy and throw three or four touchdowns but i think right. you're, you're gonna you're more likely that you be your cons you, you know drew Brees just doesn't look like his normal self this first week back here and you're like why did i start him i, I i'm gonna exactly. side in the i'm gonna err on the side of caution and use josh allen dave Thank you, Jeff. No problem. All right, let's go on out to Lombard and say good morning to Ryan. Good morning, Ryan. You're on ESPN 1000. Hey, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. I actually have John Brown on my team, too, so I I am starting today. But my question was uh, whether or not I should go with Chase Edmonds uh, against New Orleans. I know it's a tough defense. Uh, or James White of New England going against Cleveland. I'll hang up a list of shits. All right, Ryan. Yeah, you know what? That for me, uh, you know, with David Johnson already ruled out, I would use Chase Edmonds and uh, not really think twice about it because James White, you just never really know what the Patriots are going to do, what their game plan is. They zig when you think they're going to zag all the time, and I think it's hard to predict. And with a good option in Edmonds who looks like he's going to see just, you know, 90% of the touches for the, the Cardinals, there's no reason to not use him this week. 
This is your two-minute warning. Two-minute warning. All right. Two minutes to go here. Rapid fire as I will try and answer them as we go here. Uh, John in Greenwood wanted to know, uh, he wanted to know what the uh, trade value of Zach Ertz is. And you know what? Really depends on your league. Everyone might value him differently. I'm sure a lot of people out there are looking at Zach Ertz as this is the perfect time to buy low on him. But if you're a Zach Ertz owner, you obviously don't want to just trade him away for nothing. Look, if you can find a piece that um, has value to you, I would not hesitate in trading Ertz, especially if you have a decent tight end backup that you want to get into your lineup. Maybe you drafted Darren Waller and you got him for cheap value, and so you want to plug him into your lineup every week and not look back. Zach Ertz is somebody who still has name value, but he's clearly not being used the way he was last year. Dallas Goddard has stepped in to a role for the Eagles that has shown that Zach Ertz is just not seeing the same number of targets that he saw last year. So if you want to trade Zach Ertz and you you're, you think you're getting a decent value, I would say don't hesitate because Zach Ertz is not the same player that we thought we were getting when we drafted him last year. Chris wants to know LaShawn McCoy or Emmanuel Sanders in a PPR format. Chris, I would use McCoy this week. Wait a week until you see what Sanders does in that 49ers offense. Give him a week to get acclimated to the playbook. Dave in Orlando wants to know Devontae Freeman, Philip Lindsay, or Chase Edmonds. I would use Chase Edmonds this week, Dave. Jerry wants to know Lindsay, Michelle, Cooks, Kirk, Moore, or Drake. That's a lot, Jerry. I'm going to say I would use Brandon Cooks, Sony Michelle, and Philip Lindsay in the PPR format that you have there. All right, folks, that's it for my time here today. But again, don't forget, every Sunday morning starting at 8 a.m., we help you fix your fantasy football lineup with Fantasy Football Frenzy. I'm Jeff Meller. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Meller. Great day of programming here on ESPN 1000. Fred and Mongo, they're over, they're over at Mike and Denise's in New Yorkville, so say hello to them if you're out in the area. And don't forget, Game 5 of the World Series tied up at 2 apiece, starting at 6 o'clock right here on ESPN 1000. Thanks for listening. Go Bears!